Welcome, everybody, to episode 28. I said 26 two weeks in a row. I guess I don't know math, but that's why I'm a podcast host, isn't it? Episode 28 of the Dream Team Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jake Schultz. And joined with me on the internet is Zolfi Shake. What's up, what's up? And Spencer Kloss. Hello, everyone. How are we all doing, boys? Doing well. Good, man. Been a lot of basketball action that's happened since we last talked. A lot to go over. It really has. We recorded our in-season tournament finals preview and then kind of just went ghost for a little bit. It's pretty hard when we're all working very separate jobs to try yeah. to schedule a job. I literally was working one second until I put that computer down and pressed record on this thing. We're grinding, baby. We're internet. interns. We're putting in that work. We are. I, I got a shout out today on the Raptor show, though. Uh, Told you. may have hinted me towards it, but I, I did get a shout out from the boys. So shout out Will, shout out Alex. Uh, it's just kind of insane to hear my name on there. Uh, don't really. It's weird. So it's, it's very two, strange. Was that two shows in a row or two weeks in a row rather? It's two. Yeah, two times in three episodes. I think. I, I, I don't know. It, it's throwing me off and confusing me. But uh, shout out to the boys. They're great lads. So happy to hear that. Uh, why don't we talk ball, though? How about for ourselves? Because the NBA All Star voting has opened today. This thing that is not controversial whatsoever, and fans definitely don't skew at all the entire time leading up until the last day kicked off today. And we're going to give you our teams for the very first round. Okay. This is going to be a long, strenuous journey. It could change from week to week. You know, we could have just throw some other names in there as it goes on. But as it stands, this is our first round of voting. We also have Dan's and we will go to him last. But Zulfi, let's come to you first and let's talk about your team. Uh, who do you have as both your West and East picks for the All-Star? Yeah. I'll start with the West because I feel like it's relatively. Not predictable, I guess, for lack of a better term. At the guards, I have Luca and Shea. I don't think that's a surprise to many people. They're both top five in MVP voting. They're both leading their teams and uh, getting a lot of... Like I think the Dallas Mavericks are surprising, and obviously OKC are too. So I think those are my guards. Nothing too crazy there. Forward spot, the uh, easiest one is Nikola Jokic. Uh, duh. Like, he's... He's in contention to win his, like, what, third MVP now. So Jokic is in there. Kevin Durant and LeBron James are my other forwards. Uh, we can talk about this later, who else I considered for this spot. But right now, those two guys are still doing their thing. LeBron at 39 is going crazy. Durant's averaging nearly 30 a game with the Phoenix Suns, carrying them when other guys have been hurt. And we know Bradley Beal is hurt again. He rolled his ankle. So uh, KD's got to be in there for me right now. In the East, I, I had a bit more fun with it. In the backcourt, we got the Tyrese squared. We have Tyrese Maxey from the 76ers and Tyrese Halliburton with the Pacers. Again, both really young guys. I think they both deserve all-star nods, and they're putting in the work for it. Uh, Joel Embiid, he's in the front court for me. I think he's probably the MVP right now, if I'm being honest. They've had a bit of an easy schedule, but he has dominated. He's averaging 34 a game. Uh, Jake, you can thumbs down all you want. Look at his numbers. Like He is putting up better numbers than his MVP season last year. Uh, and then Giannis is in there. He's still doing his thing for me. He's still probably one of the top three players in the league, as far as I'm concerned. And then I put in Scotty Barnes. I think we'll probably have a conversation of why I have Scotty in the starting lineup and uh, who thinks he, he's an all-star or not. We'll sh- I'm sure we'll talk about it. But yeah, that's who I got for now. Okay. Uh Tyrese Maxey is probably your biggest surprise, I would say. Uh, is this just because the East is pretty guard weak in general? 
Yeah, like I I think one, he just deserves it. Like he's the most improved player, but he's also not just a case of like, oh, he's gotten better as a he's putting more points up. He's developed all around. He had to basically replace Harden as like a playmaker and creator, and he's done that. Look at the MVP tracker. He's top ten. And Embiid is obviously number one right now, but the fact that Maxi is in the top ten says something about the fact that he's doing so much for this team outside of Joel Embiid. So I think he's a legitimate like star duo with uh, Embiid. I don't think it's just Embiid carrying the team and Maxi is decent or good. I think he is that guy. And I, there's other guys I definitely would have considered starting on this team instead. And I think uh, Maxi probably isn't going to start. But I wanted to show him some love while he's here. I think it's fun having two Tyrese's in there as well, because why not? But these are two young guys who I think deserve a lot of love. And uh, coaches may not give as much value to over some of these veterans on this team. So when you can vote them in, vote them in, because that's their best shot of making it in as far as I see it. So I think Tyrese Maxey deserves it as much as all these other guys. Um, I- I'm going to say something before we even move on to the other ones. Do the three of us have anything different for the West? I haven't seen, like, I haven't looked at Spencer's, but I'll give you my West because I feel like we're all very similar. I have Jokic, I have Durant, I have LeBron James, I have Doncic, and I have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Did we all just pick the same people? <laughs> I think all four of us, Jake. Yeah, probably. Those are the those are the four uh, the five names you consider right now, and this is why it's only week one. Because I said this coming onto the pod, there's another name I considered. If you give me another week of what Kawhi Leonard's doing, I'm taking Kawhi Leonard over Kevin Durant on this list. Like, and I'm not even hesitating to do that. Kawhi Leonard has led this team to eight game win streak. They're balling right now, and Kawhi Leonard has sneakily played every single game this season. He's been healthy coming into the year. The biggest reason I was able to draft Kawhi in the in the small forwards draft is because we thought we were worried about his health. And I said, you know what? I think it can if it works itself out, you know he's one of the top 10 guys in the NBA, and he's looking like that right now. So I'm happy with it, and I think Kawhi Leonard is probably going to get some love in this very soon. I have him on my list for surprise sneak-ins, which we'll get to a little bit later. But Dan also had all five as well, so I guess all of us on this pod recognize all of them as ball okay so we all know the west then spencer who's your east uh my east is uh Giannis, unsurprisingly mvp'd just like as jake likes to call him um so those two are the obvious ones and then uh, for me uh, i can't say he's obvious because he wasn't on zolfies but i have jason tatum in there as well um, just because the Celtics are in first place, and I'm sick of getting things wrong, so I had no fun with this. I went completely serious. Uh, and then my backcourt, Tyrese Halliburton, I think he's pretty much a shoe-in. Um, the things he's been doing in Indiana are just remarkable, and I think he's been making headlines a lot uh, on a week-to-week basis, so I think he's also grown a lot of fans. Um, and then my last guard, there was... Three names I was choosing between, and Tyrese Max was actually one of them. I feel like he does deserve it, but I actually went with Trey Young. Um, not not for personal reasons, actually. I am the first person to usually criticize Trey Young, but I just think he has a lot of casual NBA fans. I think he's going to get a lot of votes. Plus, he's just been cooking recently. Um, he's been on an absolute tear the last month or so. So I went with Trey Young, but I think there's about four guys you could consider in that last point guard spot or guard spot. You've been a touting scotty barnes since the start of the season why no barnes here i just i just can't see him getting i did this more of a prediction rather than a a vote if i i think all my votes from here out are definitely gonna have scotty barnes in them but i just couldn't justify putting him over any of those guys i think you can vote him in at either position right i saw some people having a have him as a guard i don't know if i've seen that right or 
I don't know. I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I... I think Luca had that same situation a couple seasons ago. So probably. Uh, but I, th- I think you're spot on, Spencer. If you're doing it based on a prediction, you're right. Jason Tatum is probably going to be a starter. That's not a shocker. But uh, I- I've said this on Twitter. I think Scotty Barnes' best, like, likeliest case of being an all-star is getting voted in. I think if you leave it up to the coaches and the rest of the guys in there, I don't think he, I think he has less than a 50% chance to be an all-star, to be quite honest. If you leave it up to the coaching and the rest of the guys who are available to be picked as all-stars. And I know that angers a lot of Raptors fans on Twitter, but that's just the truth. Yeah, you do have a case because I did see a list of like all these names that are contention and there's a lot of like second tier, like East guys. So I think that like there's going to be quite some upset people when the, results come out because someone's going to get left off whether it's Barnes or someone else yeah there's a lot of people in contention not just in the forward spot but within the guards there's like seven names to pick on there's probably like 12 guys that you could consider it's a tough thing to do I I I know I've seen a lot of the criticism and hate online for oh the realism around Scotty Barnes getting into the all-star game and it's also like you have to remember this is starters so it's going to be given to a lot more name face value guys like Siakam didn't get in last year where arguably you could have considered that he would have been a starter and he didn't even make it in general. He made it in as an injury replacement. The all-star is a tough thing to get into, which is why I also picked Scotty Barnes, but for personal reasons, because I'm going to go with the other side is that if this is a vote that we want to happen, you got to just put this in the, the the hands of the fans and in the fans of the media to spread the publicity and the propaganda for Scotty Barnes making the all-star game. It, it's fairly unlikely to happen. Okay. I, I'm not put out of like, I'm not blind to that, but this is something that we can make happen if we wanted to. And if we put them in the hands of the media to go around spreading how great Scotty Barnes actually has been again, last night, put up an absurd numbers. It was, it was the only player since Giannis to put up a stat line with 17 rebounds, 22 points. Like he was insanely efficient, three blocks last night. He is having night in, night out, the most impact on that floor outside of Siakam, who also like has a shot at somehow making this team, their record obviously being a huge point of emphasis there. But I, I want to put Scott in here because I think it falls onto the fans and the media's jobs to try to make that happen because it's happened. We've seen fan voting. Andrew Wiggins got in as a starter a couple years ago. It's not impossible. So yeah. if I can sit here and say, go vote for Scotty Barnes as a media, I'm not really media. I'm not blind to who I am in this standing, but as someone who's listening, like I'm going to say every single day, vote for Scotty Barnes because I think he deserves it and it could happen. Yeah, I also don't think it's that unlikely either. The Raptors have done it in the past. DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry have been in starting positions to the van vote when they probably didn't. I'm pretty sure a couple of years ago, DeRozan started over like Jimmy Butler, and I could be wrong in exactly who, but he got a starting spot. How many times have people been annoyed that Kyle Lowry has more vo- votes than Trey Young? Like, it's happened in the past. So, like, Raptors fans clearly do it. So they can do it again with Scotty Barnes. They just have to show out for a team that just in th- just so happens this year isn't as good as those teams in the past. So maybe that soured some fans and they're not willing to vote the same way that they were in the past. But I really don't think it's that unlikely, which is why I say this is Scotty Barnes' likeliest case to be an all-star. If you're leaving it up to the coaches to decide, like I said, it's less than a 50% chance as far as I see it. So if you want him to be an all-star like Jake is saying, go out and vote for him because that's his best shot. I, we're just going to spread Scotty Barnes propaganda on this podcast. And I I put out a tweet earlier that was literally just Scotty Barnes as my vote. 
today because I don't want to vote for other people <laughs> that are in the East to get in over him. So I'm going to be doing that every single day, just voting just purely Scotty just to get him in there because I think he deserves it, honestly. Yeah, like, it, it, it's just it's his time. I said before the podcast, uh, before the start of the season, that he's going to be an all-star, and I want to back my word up and get him in that all-star. So go vote for Scotty Barnes. That's the first person that I picked. As well, Tyrese Halliburton, he's my other guard. Uh, or, sorry, other guard. Scotty Barnes is not a guard. I picked him as my front court. But my one guard was Halliburton because what can you say that we haven't said about Halliburton enough on this podcast? He's so explosive in the, like, the ugliest way possible. He's so much fun to watch. I think the Pacers are kind of slowly cooling down just a little bit after that in-season tournament. Call it an in-season tournament hangover, if you will. But I still think he's done a lot to warrant getting an all-star nom here and even starting this year. So he is in my guard position as well. I'm with Spencer here. I went with Trey Young. Look, maybe you can call me biased to the fact that he's on my fantasy team and he's cooking for me when I picked him in my point guards and everyone gave me all the flack of, oh, you picked Trey Young as high as you did. I've always been a fan of Trey Young. I think he's a very, very good shooter. At, and he just, every time I go out and watch him, I am kind of blown away by his shiftiness and what he's able to do. And to the point where I feel like he's extremely underrated and that no one is really talking about Trey Young's game because they all just go, Oh, I don't want to talk about that balding man. Like over in the past three weeks, he has not scored under, he scored under 31 points once, once like that is pretty insane for a guard, for a team that is quite frankly, not very good, but he is putting that team on his back, similar to Scotty Barnes putting that team on his back, and he's been a lot of fun to watch. So I had him as my guard. There's a couple other names that we'll get to that I could have had over him, but I had them there. As for the rest of the front court, I mean, okay. Giannis, no one's surprised. We all have Giannis here. Like, he's just going to make it in. It's Giannis. And Embiid, as much as that guy loves to torpedo his head straight into people's knees, I just, you can't not vote for him. Nick Nurse has unleashed something in him that is, quite frankly, putting up better numbers than it did in his MVP season last year. And uh, it's looking like a good marriage. We thought it, I thought it was going to be a volatile situation. I have been wrong. He's been very, very, very good this year. So he is getting into the all-star game. That's my, uh, that's my East. Any, any surprises there from you? It's exactly. Oh no, you have Barnes. Sorry, I guess, but I should have Barnes in there, but yeah, not too many surprises. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm going to ruin Dan's bracket a little bit here. I'm surprised nobody had Donovan Mitchell because that was the other name that I really considered over Trey Young. Um, so I'm wondering See, it's funny. I considered another that. name over uh, Tyrese Maxey or Trey Young, and it wasn't even Donovan Mitchell. So, like, I think uh, when Jake said that guard, the guard, like, I guess, like, pool is weaker in the East, I don't actually think so. I think there's a lot of guards to consider in the Eastern Conference. There's another guy who I think is probably going to end up starting that we haven't even mentioned. So I think there is a lot of names to consider in this guard pool. In terms of Trey Young, my thing with him is it's like his case is exactly what it's been since he's joined, came into the league. He's a really good playmaker. He puts up a lot of assists, a lot of points on a really middling team. Jake, you mentioned he has 30 points in four straight games. Two of them were against the Raptors, who are like a bottom like 20 defense. The Detroit Pistons and Cleveland, that's been shattered like with injuries. So like, yes, it's cool, and I'm glad he's doing it. Obviously, great numbers, but like he's doing it against mediocre defenses, which we already know from Trey Young. And granted, he can absolutely get it as a starter. And I think he's going to be in contention to be an all-star because his numbers are fantastic. But I just think his case hasn't changed in like six years or however long he's been in the NBA. He's a high-volume scorer. He can pass the ball a lot, and they're just not going to win a lot of games. Put up 37 and 
No, he put up 30 and 32 against Brooklyn and Milwaukee. No, I know, but you said in the last four games he had 30 straight. He had 30 That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm not saying I, he only does it against bad teams. I'm just mean like yes. you're talking about that stretch. That stretch is cool, but I don't take a lot from it. I'm just gonna put more uh, stock into it because I was at those games, so I got to see it in person. I go, ooh, pretty shots over and over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I see your point. I think I don't know. There's just something about the East guards when I was really looking at it. The sexy picks, like the sexy names, just aren't really there compared to the guards in the West because like none of us picked Steph Curry. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Steph is having a great season once again, marred by so much bad stuff happening with the Warriors everywhere else. But they're wasting a prime season of Steph, and we're seeing prime Steph still. Like, he's still playing up ridiculous numbers, and he might not even be starting in the West. So, mm-hmm. I, that's, that's my thing is just the East is just not sexy picks. And I think Trey Young kind of fits in there. I don't know. Yeah. I think you're right. Not sexy, but I think in some ways that makes it harder. Like, I think just there's a lot of guys in a very similar spot in terms of production and winning and style of play. So it's really muddied, and I think that's going to make it even harder for them to come out of it. Before we get into our actual picks for who we think could make this in over just our current picks at the moment, let's go through Dan's. So we, Dan had the exact same five in the West. Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Luka Doncic and Shea Gilgis Alexander. As for in the East, Tyrese Halliburton, of course, he's got to represent his boy. Jalen Brunson as the other guard there. And as his front court, Embiid, Giannis, and Jason Tatum. So he also went for Tatum. Brunson, that's a name that didn't come up with any of us. And, yeah, that's uh, the other guy I considered. Yeah. Why Zolfi? He's putting up incredible numbers. He's shooting basically 50% from three. He takes seven a game, makes about three and a half. He is leading this Knicks team that are looking really like respectable this year. He's just been on fire. He had 50 points a couple days ago. Like Jalen Brunson has, he has as much of a case as the rest of these guys to be a starter and to make an all-star game. And that's why I think it's so hard in terms of how to pick guards. You mentioned Donovan Mitchell, Spencer, you have Trey Young, Jalen Brown's a name was going to be considered as a guard who's in there as well. And then you have Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese Halliburton, Trey Young. So that's like what, five, six guys I've already named. And I still think there's another name who's probably still going to start. So I think it's just, it's a really tough case here, but I think Jalen Brunson has as much of a case as any of these guys. Cause like the Knicks are respectable and they're good. And it's because of him and Julius Randle. Yeah. I also considered Brunson, but I didn't want to mention him until we got to dance teams. I knew he had him. So that's just why he hasn't been mentioned yet. You're in a similar boat with that on why you would vote for him just because. Oh, for sure. I think been. All four of those guys, you can make Maxi. The four for me were Maxi, Mitchell, Young, and and um, Brunson. I don't think there's actually a wrong answer there. I think all four of them could easily make a case for that spot. What about any other names in the West that we think we're missing? I'm gonna throw out some teams instead. That uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, hello, is there yeah. not a guy on that team in the one of Anthony Edwards? And no, we will not talk about his other remarks, but we will talk about his play and how insanely good he's been this year. And that leap that we all talked about has been taken and 20 and five, like they're backing up every single thing that they said they were going to do this year. He could easily sneak in there and upset someone in that front court. I could see it happening. Not LeBron, but Durant, maybe it's possible. Can you vote him for a front court player? From what I saw, you could, I would have put him in the guards like contention. Unless I just don't know ball, 
I'm fairly certain, but is he a name that you could would not be surprised to see up on this list? No, I I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like uh, I definitely could see him climbing the voting ladders. I don't know in the final vote if he sneaks in, unless they get some crazy trend. But the problem with the Timberwolves is, is that they're so good by committee. And yes, Anthony is like the most popular name and face on that. But uh, I just think the Timberwolves is collective and good. Rudy Gobert is having a resurgence. He has been a monster defensively. If he wins Defensive Player of the Year, I would not be shocked at all. Like He might have my vote right now if I had one. Like He has just carried this Minnesota Timberwolves defense. Carl Anthony Towns' shooting pl- splits are like the best they've been his entire career. He is having an amazing season as well. So like really, I've seen people put Car- a t- a Townsend over an Anthony Edwards because guards are so heavy in the Western Conference. So I think it's just really hard because they're a win-by-committee type of team. 20-5 and five is incredible. It's actually their best start to, through 25 games in their franchise history. So it's awesome, and I think they are deserving of an all-star. It's just going to be really hard. Who do you pick? Because if you say it's because of their defense, well, then doesn't Rudy Gobert deserve most of the credit? If you say it's because of their scoring, then sure, Anthony Edwards. But then again, Carl Anthony Towns is doing some of that as well. So I just think it's hard to differentiate them. I think Gobert probably has a better chance to get in. If Edwards, you can vote him as a forward, maybe. But I just figured he's a guard. But I think the like uh, Gobert over Durant has more of like a case than like Edwards does as a guard spot because like Steph Curry's not even making it. Uh, another name, De'Aaron Fox, is going to be left off, and he's averaging over thirty a game. So like Devin Booker. that guard spot in the West, is, Devin Booker has been a menace when he plays. So yeah, that that guard spot's absolutely loaded in the West. Any other names that stick out for you guys? Do you think that you could make it on there? I have one other team in the Magic. Like someone's got to make it on there with their record and the way they're oh, yeah. playing. Someone, someone's got to make that team. I think Paolo probably. Like, like lately he's been looking better than Franz, and like he's just he's getting like the the I guess the propaganda hype at the right time. You're starting to see more videos of his like highlight clips on Twitter and stuff, and he's just such a fun player to watch. He, people are calling him like baby LeBron, and I kind of see it. Like he has that like knack of like driving and being physical inside. So I think uh, Paolo should probably make it in this, and that's again that's why it makes Scotty Barnes' case so hard. Very similar. I agree with that, to be honest. Beautiful. Uh, let's put okay, a there's bow. One, there's, sorry, there's one last name, and I was wondering if any of you guys would bring it up. And I think this guy probably ends up starting just because of the fan vote in the East. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has never gotten to start in the West, and he's finally in the East, and people love the hell out of Damian Lillard. So this is his likeliest chance to finally be a starter in the All-Star game. So I think he, like, if I had to guess, I think he's going to get a ton of fan votes especially alongside Giannis. And that's like that's a guy we didn't even mention as like a possibility at the guard spot. And he's definitely going to be considered by the coaches. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. But I, it, it's interesting because you kind of like, with Dame, you know he's there, but you don't hear a lot about him night in and night out anymore. And he's just been like, from what I've seen, like he's not been very effective this year. Like, it's what we've talked about with this Bucks this whole time. Like they just still are not playing up to their potential. Dame shooting forty three percent from the field this year and thirty six from three. Like that's just not Damian Lillard esque numbers. But you're right, fans are gonna come out in droves and get him name value wise. But I just I don't think he's really deserving of it when you think of like a Maxi or you think of a Trey Young. I would put those guys over Dame, but then that comes into the whole point of fan voting when you know clay thompson was getting votes last year that this is could just easily happen all over again even coaching like if you are like an eastern conference coach and you're looking through all these teams rosters 
how many times do you really pass over the name Damian Lillard without wanting to consider him for an all-star game? Like, again, an all-star game is like the perfect Damian Lillard environment, as we already know. Like, I just think these guys respect the guy with like Damian Lillard's career and his game so much. I would be very surprised, even if he isn't voted in, that they just were able to look past him like that. Did yeah. he honestly not start last year? I don't no. know about last year, but he's he's had to fight against Steph, Luca, Devin Booker, John Moran when he's been there, and like other guys. Like the guards have been so heavy in the West. Like it's just it's not it's something he's been battling through for a long time. Like he might have started, and I don't know if he hasn't ever. But the fact that he has to constantly go against those guys, this is one of his like best shots to finally like get in, like not easily, but like he his best shot. Yeah, I remember he was. He was like cooking last year, right around All Star break, and I remember that it was pretty close. But I, I have to say that Doncic and Steph started, right? Yeah, I just have to. Yeah, he was reserve. That. I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was like one of his best seasons, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was cooking. He's finally free of that Western Conference like guard battle. It'll be interesting. I, I think he probably. I don't know. I think he will just based off name value as a starter. I don't think he's necessarily worth it, but this is just going to be our preliminary preliminary votes. There we go. I got it out of me. Uh, at the start of it, we're going to keep track. All, all, all start voting along because this goes all the way up until February. So we will be given some different flowers given to different people, whether they're deserving of getting it. And the Scotty Barnes propaganda starts now. So go vote every single day. You Literally, there's no excuse. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on NBA.com. Sign up. Every 24 hours, you get to vote for different people, for the same people. Go vote. Get Scotty Barnes into the All-Star game if you want to see him there. We can make it happen. Okay, I'm going to have a little bit of a fun next segment here because this was a topic that was hotly debated by our Raptors crew yesterday. So the Raptors are playing Charlotte. And Charlotte, not necessarily known as a great team, but there's always one player that every single person is wearing on their jersey. If you have a Charlotte Hornets jersey, it is LaMelo Ball. Saw it in droves last night. There was a lot of LaMelo jerseys, honestly a lot more than I was expecting. And this had people debating where LaMelo is in the point guard rankings. So much so that people were saying that LaMelo Ball is a top 10 point guard. Is LaMelo Ball a top 10 point guard? Spencer, you had more of a reaction than I did, so you can go first. Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, he's close. I'd say he's right in between 10 and 15, but I'm just going strictly off the guys we drafted in our top 10, and like, there's, I'm still not taking... Lamel may have... Maybe should have been drafted by us, but I'm still not taking him over even any of the 12 guys we picked in our draft. Um, like Jalen Brunson was our 12th pick. That's what you have to remember. So according to us, Jalen Brunson is the 12th best point guard in the league, and I don't think that LaMelo Ball is better than Jalen Brunson right now. Uh, he's exciting to watch Sherry fill the stat sheet, but in terms of effectiveness towards winning basketball games, he's not top 10 to me yet. Yeah, I think, like, sure. I guess to some people he's a top 10 point guard. It's just like, like, like Spencer said, like, if you're going to say that to me, you need to tell me who you're taking off. So are you taking him over uh, a Trey Young? Uh, uh, De'Aaron Fox. I'm not. Uh, am I taking him over Jalen Brunson? I'm not. Like, who are you, like, realistically? Hell, I had Kyrie Irving, and I'm not taking uh, uh, LaMelo Ball over Kyrie Irving, personally. So, like, who are you moving out of that top 10 is my question in return. So, I personally wouldn't have him there right now. 
I just, again, need to see him contribute more than just what we've seen, which is being an offensive player. He's not that good defensively. His, he hasn't helped his team win. His team is abysmal, and they, they have been. Granted, he's been hurt at times. He's a really good, flashy, likable player. He's a good, marketable player. But am I taking him over these guys? Probably not. And I'm sure people can debate otherwise, but that's my thing in return. Show me definitively who you take him over for me to say he's in the top 10. So the the reasoning for why... Sorry, I'll go players first. This is the two players that the names were thrown out that he is better currently. Okay, that was their their thing that currently, based off of the like six week stretch that we saw of Lamella Ball before he went down hurt, is better than Kyrie Irving and is better than Jamal Murray. Those were the two names that were thrown out is that they would rather take Lamella Ball over Jamal and Kyrie. I don't know about that. Uh, Jamal Murray just impacts winning so much. Like he might yeah. not fill up the stat sheet, but he is such an impactful player. Uh, no, and also Kyrie Irving just shares a backcourt with one of the most ball dominant players in the NBA or in NBA history. So I think if Kyrie was on his own team, on a bad team, which he doesn't want to be, I think he would also put up a lot of stats. So. Yeah, I think Spencer nailed it. Kyrie Irving, before he got hurt recently, was helping Luka and the Mavericks win a lot of games. They were doing really well. Kyrie Irving showed that he can impact winning basketball when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. And he's had to learn to do that, quite honestly. And I just think he's more of an impactful player. And the same thing with uh, Jamal Murray. Okay, do, do I take LaMelo over J- Jamal Murray when he's sitting on the bench hurt? Sure. But I'm not taking LaMelo Ball over Jamal Murray when he's actually out there playing. Because Jamal is contributing beyond just scoring the ball and throwing dimes a million times a game because I'm the only point guard on the team. Like, Jamal Murray has to get his numbers with Nikola Jokic dominating the ball and dominating the offense. And they have so many other cutters and wing players that get easy passes from Jokic. For, so for Jamal to put up the numbers that he does with a guy like Jokic around him, I think that's more impressive than what LaMelo Ball does. So, like, again, it, it, what do you prioritize? If you prioritize a flashy player who can do well in an offense completely catered to him that doesn't lead to winning, then sure, LaMelo Ball is going to be at the top of that list with Trey Young. But if I'm looking for a productive point guard that can help you win basketball games, they're probably lower on my list. So here's, here's where I stand on the situation. I laughed in their face <laughs> as soon as they said that because it just is an outrageous thing to think of that when I was being told that he's won a rookie of the year, that he plays better defense than Kyrie Irving and Jamal Murray. It's not saying much. No. Not better than Jamal. That he has no help. And Zulfi, you took those words right out of my mouth. Uh, Empty stats is what he basically is watching LaMelo Ball because his team is predicated to losing and he has done no part in helping that. And yes, he is a flashy player but that does not predicate to winning when that culture does not help that. Sure, is he currently probably better than Kyrie Irving? Maybe, but that also just is putting aside one of the most clutch dominant players that we've ever seen in our time and generation. I thought it's asinine to even think to put him above Jamal Murray. Like, Jamal Murray is a champion. Jamal Murray was the second best player on that team and was shooting at a ridiculous clip Night in, night out, we talked about him as like the most dominant point guard that we've seen when it comes to winning. Like he just came and was that guy, and we've seen it time after time after time in the playoffs. We have nothing from Lamelo Ball. He has made Rookie of the Year when, quite frankly, he probably should have even won Rookie of the Year that year. And he made an All Star game, which also, quite frankly, probably shouldn't have made the All Star game that year. 
So you got two very much questionable things surrounding LaMelo Ball with a very questionable team that just straight up does not predicate to winning. So no, I don't think you could put him close to this top 10 list. And when you look at our guards that we drafted, the only one maybe, maybe I can think about putting over is Darius Garland. And if that's the case, that's the 12th point guard in the draft, which makes him now the 12th point guard in our draft. So no, he's not top 10. He's not closer to five, like some of the people that they were saying. Uh, you don't know Ball, if you think that's the case. And I'm not talking about LaMelo Ball. So yeah, th- this conversation was pretty... It was a heated conversation that we had, and I just I needed some sanity because there's people agreeing with this. And I'm just like, how can we have this conversation? Okay, look, just, here. Sorry, Spencer, go ahead. No, I just wanted to add that, and I want to know what you guys think as well. So, Zolf, if you can add this into uh, your answer. But, like, if you take LaMelo Ball and replace any of these guards with LaMelo Ball, do they win more basketball games? I would argue no for, like, every single one of them. So, exactly. I just wanted to add that in. Well, so what I was going to say was, like, I lo- lo- just looking at their peer numbers, uh, I'll give you the numbers and guess who's who. 25, 5, and 8 is one of the players, and the other one is 23, 4, and 5. 25, oh. 5, and 8. Who do you think? Is that Kyrie or LaMelo? That's Kyrie, right? No, that's LaMelo. LaMelo is 25, LaMelo? 5, and 8. Kyrie is 23, 4, and 5. The, the fact that it's hard to tell between the two says how similar they are, and one of them is doing that with Luka Doncic as their teammate. Kyrie Irving is averaging 24, 4, and 5 with, with Luka Doncic as, as his teammate, and they're winning games. LaMelo Ball is averaging numbers relatively similar to a bunch of the other guards in the East on one of the worst teams in the East. So how much do those stats really mean? So like it's either one, he has no help, so he gets to do everything. And if he gets to do everything, wouldn't you expect his numbers to be even better than that? And then if they're also losing games, then really what is it getting you? Yeah. Well, is he ever going to get a chance to show it though? That's the issue. Like th- this organization is not doing anything for LaMelo and the people around him, like an old washed Gordon Hayward, who has just doesn't even play at all. You have Miles Bridges, who gets stuck at the border because he can't come in and play games. And you have Terry Rozier, who's quite frankly, probably their best player right now. And just nothing else. Like it's literally a bunch of who's who's of players. Like you talk about NBA purgatory. This is what this team has been for so long. And Lamelo resigned, and he's read up with the team on his rookie extension. But where is the bright spots in the future of this that will show that he is a top ten point guard if he's not just stuck on a team like this? After a certain point, like he's, I want, I don't want to say he's part of the problem because the front office isn't helping him. You're right, but after a certain point, especially after giving the money of a rookie skill extension. It's on you as the point guard of this team to make players better. That's why they pay you. That's why they choose to build around you. And yes, the Hornets haven't done much to build around him. But they brought him. They drafted Brandon Miller. They have a couple of vet guys. They have Mr. Criminal himself, who's probably the only teammate he's looked good with. So I think it's on Lamelo as well. Make your teammates better. And he just hasn't. Like name me a player other than Miles Bridges that you can say has built some kind of chemistry with Lamelo Ball, and Lamelo has elevated. Like yeah, no I one say, else. Ter- I would say Go Terry, ahead. but like the two of them just don't really fit that well. They're just yeah. very similar type players, and they just, just don't mesh. Yeah, they don't, definitely don't have like a, a a cohesion or chemistry between them. They're both basically the same pl- like role, and then they do it on different nights with each other. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting how people will rank like flashiness in a player like people just love that so much that like they'll instantly be like oh he's he's better than a player like Jalen Brunson but if you 
watch basketball, even keep up with like how Jalen Brunson plays and how efficient he is. Like there's just, there's just no question there. It's the same thing with our draft. Like you got flack for Jalen Brunson for taking Jalen Brunson, even after he had an effective year last year. Like it is a strange thing to try to look at flash and dissect that, that flash does not always replicate good basketball. And Steph is part of that because Steph is the flashiest player we've ever seen in the league. And that, but the difference is he's a winner and he's a winning culture and he's four time champion. Like he just has shown it and backed it up. LaMelo has two questionably fraudulent things to his name that do not equate to being a good basketball player. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And just, just to add to the conversation, I think um, like you're asking before, will he ever get a chance? I think every player gets a chance to kind of echo what Zolfi was saying. And I think at a certain point it's like, all right, you've had chances now and you haven't been able to win, or maybe he will get those chances to play in a better team and win. We never know. He's still very young, but I don't think very many players go through their whole career without getting a chance to be on a winning team, especially like all-star level players. So I'm excited to see how that works out. It's a good shout, Spencer. Let's move to our last segment of the show. It's a brand new segment we're debuting here. We're going on a fast break because we missed a lot in the last couple weeks that we got to now go through them quickly. Emmanuel quickly, future Toronto Raptor. Uh, the Lakers in-season tournament. They were the champions of the NBA Cup. So shout out to me. Officially getting that one right. I was the only one to predict the right winner. Not to toot my own horn a little bit too hard. But they debuted their banner last night at their game. And it does not fit with their vibe at all. Zulfi, what are your thoughts on the in-season tournament banner? <laughs> On the banner itself, I give it like a, a four out of ten. Like they said, it was going to be a forever banner, so I'm assuming if it's a forever banner where you're just going to add like years to you win, you're going to want it to a be like a decent size, which it wasn't. It was tiny, and b be a bit more prominent. And they kind of just stuck it underneath the Minneapolis Lakers banners, and it doesn't fit the same style as their other banners. It's again, it's tiny, and like even the production of it all, I think like. I, I'm just going to say, I think Twitter ruined how much fun the Lakers could have had with this thing. Because, like, look at all the players when it was going up. They all, they, you could just tell they were looking, being like, yo, don't overreact, play it cool. Otherwise, we're going to get memed. We're going to get punked by social media. So I feel like that was just, it, it was a bit of a letdown in that sense. Like, people tried so hard to be cool about it. Like, it wasn't a big deal, which I think, like, if you actually really did buy into it more, it could have ended up being a lot more of a fun thing. So I'm kind of disappointed by that. It's just... You just looked at all their faces. They barely did a celebration. The banner went up. They had the trophy there. Even like the NBA like game broadcast of it, like there wasn't much to it, just because like they didn't want it to be like a meme. We talked about this being like uh, me and Zolfi talked about this in the office. We're like, how much of a massive award is this going to be? Like when they show it, because they, there was a leaked photo of it. We're like, oh, like how much are they really going to put of an effort onto this? And it was just like, yeah, here's the banner. There, there it is. It's just, just sitting there. It's uh, not quite necessarily a ringing endorsement for it. It's tiny. Like, it's just so small. I, I, it's not very nice looking. I don't know. Spencer, you have any thoughts? I think a banner would have went really hard in, like, uh, in Indiana or something. Like, a team that doesn't have yeah. a lot of banners. But I yeah. think all the other banners of, like, the L.A. just aura and like how many banners they have i think it was just so out of place and um i think it was hard for 
the Lakers to react because they had so many things, like Zolfi said, in the back of their mind, like, we've won a championship. Um, you know, Barstool Sports is writing articles saying that we shouldn't put up a banner because it's embarrassing and all that stuff. And I think that a team like the Pacers would have just had a lot more fun with it and been more excited. So I think that um, a team winning that already has so much prestige was just kind of a bad result for the first tournament in a way. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a banner at the end of the day, so. Look, the Lakers they- needed to put their big boy pants on and set an example. Be an adult, set an ex- set a good example. The Lakers celebrate this well, everyone's going to celebrate it well in the future. So they kind of ruined that moment. I'm sure, like, uh, Adam Silver's not happy about that. Do we think the league put it up as uh, one last FU to the Clippers before they go to their own arena? <laughs> yeah, possibly. I don't <laughs> know if the, that league, the Lakers definitely did. L- Lakers, not the league. Yes, the Lakers. <laughs> you You think in a conniving way, don't you? I do. You see that somewhere. It's a lot of fun <laughs> to just when your mind immediately goes dark with a lot of those thoughts. I'm moving on. This is getting a little weird now. Draymond Green, <laughs> speaking of weird, oh my god, he is back at it again. Draymond Green is indefinitely suspended after randomly turning and punching <laughs> Yusuf Nurkic in the face. The league has said enough is enough. He is indefinitely suspended. Draymond has a list of Massive list of things he's going to have to accomplish and get cleared with the league before he returns to action. He has started counseling, has been reported. And yeah, Draymond Green, back at it again. Is this the last we are ever going to see Draymond Green in a Warriors jersey, Spencer? Uh, ooh. I, I feel like they're going to be very, very willingly open to um, accepting his apology if it ever happens. But I feel like he's on a very short leash at the same time. Um, the stuff he's doing is just absolutely insane. Like the fact that he had the go bear and a headlock and then, you know, two weeks later showed absolutely no uh, recollection and just clocked Nurkic upside the head with an open hand, pretty much like a full, just slap to the face. Um, I thought I was watching power slap, but it wasn't, it was the NBA. And I think <laughs> dream on green, absolutely deserves to be suspended indefinitely and i think if i were the warriors i i want to take into account how much this is impacting their already set in place winning culture and um i would i would make some hard decisions but i'm not sure they will selfie yeah i think i'm with spencer uh i don't think that warriors are gonna like not play Draymond whenever he they, they're ready for him to be back. Like I think Donovan Bennett had a really good article in Sportsnet where he mentioned how the Warriors are part of the problem. Like he, they've enabled him. Like when he punched Jordan Poole, his punishment was missing training camp. He was still there for when the the banner went up and they got their rings. He still got to go out there and be a part of that after what he did in training camp and basically tank their entire season. The Warriors have enabled it, and another part of it is also like. What unless Steph Curry like signs off on this, this is not going to happen. I know, like Jake, you mentioned to me that they're going to trade him. I could, I think that's not going to happen. I think there's a zero percent chance that happens unless Steph signs signs off on it. And I don't know why he would like if you put the onus on Draymond to leave in free agency. That's Draymond's decision. That's different. If the the Warriors trade him and piss off Steph, which I don't think they're ever going to try to do, then I think it's going to ruin the whole situation. So unless Steph signs off on it, which I don't see why he would, Draymond has been his running mate and they've been able to de- develop an insane chemistry together. Uh, I don't think it happens. So I think Draymond's going to be here as long as Steph wants him here. Yeah, I, I said yesterday off pod that I think a trade could be likely. I think you say it pretty pretty, pretty bluntly that you don't think it's going to. 
I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like this Warriors team needs a change, and I wouldn't put it past their new GM to come in there and break relationships and to just do what they do to need to do to capitalize on their current winning culture with Steph Curry. Because, yeah, you could piss off Steph by trading away Draymond Green. Okay, that is what it is. Clay Thompson, also part of the problem currently with the Warriors. Like, there's a lot of issues with the two of them. If they can find someone to take Clay Thompson for this year and to flip for immediate assets, I'm sure they will. If they can find someone who will eat up Draymond Green's contract, which is not looking good already, I'm sure they will try to explore that. Regardless of if Steph checks off on it or not, I don't think that matters, honestly. I think they got to do something. And I, I don't think that you can sit here and just continue to be like, slap on the wrist, slap on the wrist, slap on the wrist, because a three-week, possible three-week suspension where he goes to counseling, when this has been a five-year-plus incidence with Draymond Green on and off, granted a lot more exponential now, just doesn't sit well with me. And I think that they are more prone to be doing more damage like now. And I think that they can just, they'll do it. I don't, I don't put it past them. I just, I don't think it's likely. I Alienating Steph for a Draymond who might be out the door soon anyways, and a Clay Thompson who is coming up on, I believe, free agency soon. Like, I don't know why you let that happen and piss off Steph Curry. Yeah, I think they're in a, they're in a bit of a bad spot, aren't they, either way. Um, Clay's not the player he used to be. Draymond's gone off his rocker, and, like, he's obviously getting older, too. And they have Steph Curry still, so I think they're in a very tough spot. I think this situation just makes it a whole lot tougher. All right. One last topic here on Fast Break. 25 games was all that it took for John Morant to re- make his return tonight at the time of recording, December 19th. John Morant is back for the sixth win Grizzlies. Does John Morant's return help this team make a push to the playoffs? Playoffs? Playoffs. Not a chance in hell, and not even the play-in. <laughs> Like, let alone the playoffs. The Grizzlies are, like you said, six games. They're six and 19, 13 games back of 500. And you want to know who's currently in the last play in spot? The Phoenix Suns at four, at 14 wins. They're like 14 and 10 or 14 and 12 or something like that. You think the Grizzlies are catching the Phoenix Suns or any of those other teams down there? Even with John Morant? They're in a 13 game hole. John Morant is going to win them 13 games to just get them back to 500 and then also win enough to get over that. No shot at hell. Especially because his Grizzly has a Grizzly team has other problems outside of John Morant. Yeah, we also have to remember that he's probably not going to come back and look like the John Morant we've been used to for so long. Like twenty five games is a lot to miss, and um, he could come back and they could win. They could lose, you know, five straight before they even get going again. So I think the hole might even get bigger before they start to dig out of it. And I, I think their season's basically over. I yeah, I don't think John Morant's going to really fix. <laughs> Triple J's shooting and his inability to play basketball at the moment, it looks like. I don't know. I, I'm excited to see Jaw back in there because we talk about flashy point guards, uh, none more personified right now than Jaw. And obviously, he's been out for a while. I think I agree with that, Spencer. He's going to take a while to get back up to speed. Like, he's not going to come in immediately, be playing 35 minutes a game and play the team on his back. It would be fun, though. It would be a fun narrative to see this team rally 
behind Jaw and come out and start winning, go on a streak, find their groove. And it's not something that I couldn't see. Like, I could still see them getting towards 40 wins. Like, it's possible. And if there's other teams that are in there that stub their own toe on the way out, like, you never know, right? Like, this is the NBA. All it takes is for one streak, one hot streak, look at the magic, to just come in and be tears at the right time. You never know. It's possible. He's going to make them better. But again, 40 wins is asking a lot for a team that currently has six after 25 games. Like again, the math just ain't mathing. Like, okay. it, the West is hard. Like, 40 wins probably isn't even, like, it may get you into the play-in race, race, but in the West, it might not. So, Zolfi, I'm going to raise this to you then. We have our debate with the Pacers, which is, what, 37 wins? Yeah. 36 and a half is the line. So, yeah. No, 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 37. 37 and a half. <laughs> No, no. Remember, no, we talked about this. No, it's on the no, pod. It changed to 37 no, and a half. The line was 36 no, no. and a half. No, 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 no. I know, they're going to beat that anyway, so I'll give you... A, okay, you need a handicap. I'll give it to you. You're giving me my mulligan? You're giving me my mulligan? Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, let, let's do something here. Over-under on the Grizzlies. 39. Over-under. I'm going to take the under. I'm taking the over. Really? Yeah, that's... You can, you can take the over. Again, I'll be very happy to be wrong about this. But again, the math ain't mathing, just like it wasn't about the Pacers under, which is looking like the math was right. So we can we can do it again. We got to have like some reward for these bets that we're doing. We got to have like Spencer and Daniel put their heads together and think about what they're going to do for that, because I want I, I want to get this run right. I, I want to see what happens when Marcus Smart comes back and how they all look together. I think it's a it's a it's a good it's a good team. And I think it's possible. And it makes it more fun. It makes it more fun to watch. I would become the biggest John Moran fan in the world. Let's uh, let's wrap this up, shall we? I think that's a good place to stop the pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you did enjoy that, if you want to find us on all of the social medias, you can find us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at dream underscore team pod as well on Instagram, at dream, dream underscore team underscore pod, and find us on Spotify, Apple. Follow us, give us five stars, reviews, all that stuff. We're going to keep saying, leave us reviews. If you can tell us and say, guys, you guys suck, go ahead, do it. I, I would like to hear anything because then we can just talk about that on the pod for maybe like 10 minutes. It could be fun. Uh, you can find me at Jake underscore salt six on twitter or x as well zolfi where can they find you twitter instagram at zolfi underscore shake z-u-l-f-i underscore s-h-e-i-k-h check it out spencer you can find me on x slash twitter at uh, spencer underscore cloth c-l-o-s-s um yeah i like to post about scotty barnes so there we go, Scotty Garden's propaganda. We will hopefully be back for a Christmas special just before Christmas, before bringing you guys our New Year's resolution as we ring in the New Year Dream Team going 2024. We've officially made it to two years, boys. Technically two years, like just playing in two different years. So <laughs> good, good on us. I'm not, not actually two years. It's still been less than a year, basically. But uh, thank you guys for all the support and everything. We love you all. Uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.